Hi there, Andrew here. We're putting feelers out for the idea of sponsors for the show. We have grown to a sizable audience of legal professionals, and we'd love to find a way to get the resources to continue to grow the show and spend more time on it. This might take the form of more longer form, maximum minimum competence episodes, or longer daily episodes, or maybe short interviews. We've had a couple of inquiries regarding sponsorship, but want to get feedback from all of you, the listeners. If you have thoughts or have a sponsor in mind that you think would be a good fit, shoot me an email at andrew at We're still very much in the brainstorming stage, so all ideas are good ideas. So ends the housekeeping segment. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Friday, March 10th, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's episode, we have litigation funding chickens coming home to roost, more bad news for JP Morgan, the Supreme Court wants more money for protection, and column Tuesday on a Friday, where I try to push traffic to my Bloomberg tax column like I'm former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, and the column is, I don't know, a bridge or something. Let's end the week on a high note with today's legal stories. In the who could have guessed this would happen at some point category, food distributor Cisco has sued subsidiaries of litigation funder Burford Capital over its handling of a $140 million investment to fund Cisco's antitrust litigation against chicken, beef, and pork suppliers. Cisco says that Burford blocked proposed settlements with several defendants and then brought an arbitration proceeding to stop Cisco from finalizing the proposed deals. Cisco has filed the lawsuit in federal court in Chicago to vacate that order. The firm also claimed that its outside counsel, Boies Schiller, was in cahoots with Burford, although Cisco's suit is fashioned as a petition to vacate the temporary restraining order imposed by the arbitration panel that granted Burford's bid to halt Cisco's settlement. Burford claims that Cisco's own outside counsel in the antitrust litigation, Boies Schiller, was secretly in cahoots with it. For those unaware, litigation funding is a practice in which third-party investors finance lawsuits in exchange for a share of any settlement or judgment. While litigation funding can provide access to justice for under-resourced plaintiffs, it has also been criticized for several potential problems. For one, critics argue that it can distort the legal system by encouraging frivolous or meritless lawsuits. Additionally, litigation funders may prioritize their own financial interests over the interests of the plaintiff, potentially leading to conflicts of interest. Some also worry that litigation funding could undermine attorney-client privilege and confidentiality, as funders may require extensive information about a case before providing funding. Finally, the lack of regulation in the industry has raised concerns about transparency and accountability, particularly with regard to disclosure of funding arrangements and potential, aforementioned, conflicts of interest. A U.S. judge has ordered J.P. Morgan Chase to hand over more documents concerning CEO Jamie Dimon to the U.S. Virgin Islands for the territory's lawsuit accusing the bank of aiding in Jeffrey Epstein's crimes. The bank must turn over requested documents from 2015 to 2019, a period after J.P. Morgan had dropped Epstein as a client. The U.S. Virgin Islands is seeking damages from J.P. Morgan for allegedly aiding in Epstein's crimes by keeping him as a client and missing red flags about his misconduct on Little St. James, a private island he owned. Epstein had been a J.P. Morgan client from 2000 to 2013. J.P. Morgan has declined to comment on the order, and the case is scheduled for a March 16th conference. J.P. Morgan also faces a proposed class action over its ties to Epstein. The bank filed two lawsuits on Wednesday, accusing former private banking chief Jess Staley of intentional and outrageous conduct in concealing information about Epstein, with whom he had been friends. The U.S. Supreme Court is requesting an additional $5.9 million in funds from Congress to enhance the security of the nine justices following threats and protests that began after the May 2022 leak of a draft version of the ruling that ended the recognition of a constitutional right to abortion. 
Conservative Justice Samuel Alito stated last October that the leak made him and his fellow justices targets for assassination. The proposed funding was included as part of a $9.1 billion budget request released on Thursday to fund the Supreme Court and the rest of the federal judiciary in the fiscal year that begins on October 1st. The budget request also includes a $6.5 million outlay to improve physical security at the Supreme Court building. The proposed additional funds would allow for contract positions that will augment the capabilities of the Supreme Court police force and provide continuous protection as ongoing threat assessments show evolving risks. The court is seeking greater protection for its members after protests outside the homes of some justices and calls by Republican lawmakers for greater protection for members of a court with a 6-3 conservative majority. Last year, Congress approved legislation to expand police protection to the families of the justices and senior officers of the court following the leak of the ruling overturning the 1973 Roe v. Wade ruling that had legalized abortion nationwide. And oh me, oh my, what is this that I spy? It is a column written by I. President Joe Biden's recent budget proposal to increase Medicare taxes on high earners making over $400,000 per year is likely to face opposition to the point of extinction in the current Congress. While it is a laudable goal, the public's views on redistributing wealth via taxation have only just surpassed 50% approval. So care must be taken with these dead-end proposals. The proposed tax, along with other aspects of the budget proposal, will likely never see the light of day. But the absence of a tax increase won't stop people from feeling vicariously aggrieved. On the other hand, 63 million people are enrolled in Medicare, covering 20% of the total population. Medicare is vital for people aged over 65 and individuals with disabilities, and thanks to it, only 0.7% of people aged 65 and over are uninsured, in contrast to 9.7% of people all ages. Instead of rolling out bespoke taxes and go-nowhere proposals, the government could consider closing loopholes and ensuring that billionaires pay in the same rates as everyone else, which comes with all the revenue generation and none of the baggage of announcing dead-on-arrival tax plans. While only 1.5% of tax returns would be considered high earners and subject to the tax on income over $400,000, the percentage of people who imagine themselves to one day be subject to that tax is much higher. That makes the public's appetite for talk of tax hikes for even the upper middle class somewhat limited. Thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Andrew and my co-host Gina is at Gina. Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in a story we cover, maybe consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is part of the ESQcast network of podcasts and streams on esqstream.com. We'll see you back here on Monday. And until then, I would, um, wow, I would, uh, I would first, I would first just like to thank the Academy and my agent for all of their minimum competence. <laughs>